Delivering clear, concise, and entertaining content on demand, this is SharperTalkMedia.com. Join the community. Welcome to Higher Up, the podcast designed to help you take your business to a higher level. Get the latest news and updates on everything human resources. Unlock the occupational DNA so you can identify, select, develop, and retain top talent. And now your host, John Beck. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Higher Up, the podcast devoted to everything human resources and taking your business to a higher level. In the studio today via Skype, you may remember our guest from episode three titled Assessments 101. Well, he's back, my friends, and please uh, welcome Dr. Scott Hamilton back to the show, Doc Hamilton. Uh, good to be back. Hey, glad to have you. Glad to have you. Look, I want to tell you in our last episode that we did together was one of the biggest episodes uh, that we launched. Uh, I want to say, and if I remember my uh, Lipson account numbers correctly, we were somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,200 downloads and listens, a combination on that particular show, which is third episode of a series. All my podcast people are telling me that's a a phenomenal number. So I want to thank you for uh, bringing in that big audience. Well, thank you, John. The uh, blog obviously is getting some attention and that's very important. Uh, It's good. People want information. And if they uh, trust the information that you're providing, they will will continue to grow, I'm sure. Well, absolutely. Uh, And what I want to tell everyone, and I, you know, I want to not skip the intro, which is important, is that Doc Hamilton, and just as a little bio, I know you You said, I don't have to say it, but I want to say it. Doc Hamilton is CEO of Hamilton & Associates Consulting, specializing in business consulting, executive coaching, assessment development, and utilization. Dr. Hamilton formerly served as the Chief Research Officer of Profiles International Incorporated and also served as its Executive Vice President of Research and Development. Doc Hamilton, that's a lot. That was a great organization. It's been bought by Wiley now and uh, continues to grow and expand. And uh, it's a, a great, great organization. I was glad to be a part of it for those 20 some odd years. Well, I tell you, and, uh, the relationship we had at that time was, was fantastic. So today's topic, my friends, is an interesting topic. I can think of no other person I'd rather have on the show than Doc Hamilton to discuss this. And that is, poises the question, to build or not to build? <laughs> and, today, <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about, and you guessed it, customized assessments versus off the shelf and when an organization might want those customized assessments. So let's just jump right in, Doc. Tell us a little bit about customization versus off the shelf, the differences, and what's your thoughts on, on either or? All right, John, I've been uh, involved with assessments and for many, many, many years, of course, as a uh, in my clinical work for years and also in the industrial work, uh, industrial psychology. And, you know, assessments have been designed and used since, uh, gosh, the beginning of the last century with the idea of accomplishing a purpose. You know, what is it that they want to to accomplish? What, what is the result supposed to be? And that becomes the real question is whether or not there's something out there that will get the job done or whether you need to create your own. Right. So what is the intended use? You know, what will be different? What information will you have 
uh, after using an assessment that you don't have beforehand so you can make a better decision. Is it uh, just for interviewing? Uh, there's some great questions out there that people use that are fairly standard right. to get an interview going. But almost always, you need specific kinds of questions for the a, a job or a position to make sure the person has the characteristics, if you will, right. which is the personality, the communication, uh, the experience, and all the things that would suggest uh, they would be successful. You know, it, with that kind of situation, uh, often you need a custom uh, customized assessment. When we talk about custom assessments, I often meet with clients and presenting what we do, and one of the questions is, can we interject our own set of questions? You would not believe how many times I get that question asked. And so I, you know, I usually explain to the organization why they may or may not, but I'd like to get your take on it just to kind of not set the record straight, but just give a good opinion on organizations wanting to just interject random sets of questions or questions that they feel may have a purpose into an assessment. All right. Well, of course, an interview uh, is an assessment. People are making, they're assessing somebody with, with, through the interview process. So let's talk about why would you assess? You're interested in, in information to be considered that's relevant to the individuals working with you, uh, whether a particular job or fitting into a particular group or working in a relationship with other individuals. And there are a lot of different ways to get to that. Right. But the overriding thing is, remember, they must be fair. That is, you've got to, uh, the questions must be fair. They must not cross any legal lines as far as, that's a discussion that's rather lengthy, but you can ask certain kinds of questions, others you can't. Right. You've got to be cognizant of the, the subgroups that are protected legally, things like uh, uh, gender and, and age and ethnicity and so forth. Sure. You've got to make sure you don't have adverse impact on any of those protected groups. As a result, it's gotten to be much more complicated than it was in the, uh, 1906, I think, when they started developing assessments for using the school systems in Paris. It's a different ballgame now. Right. So you've got to be very, very careful about the kinds of questions you ask. Uh, and as a result, frequently people uh, like to go to a list of interview questions. The difficulty is that the interview questions must be relevant. And to be relevant, they must relate to the individual that's being interviewed and the purpose of the assessment. That is the, the job, the placement, whatever it might be. Right. That's why the uh, off-the-rack assessments are not may not get the information you want. They might be very safe, but they won't tell you answer the questions you have. On the other hand, you might get the questions answered, but you may be getting on some dangerous ground, some gray areas as far as uh, uh, asking certain kinds of questions. So people are, are wisely uh, cognizant of that. And in developing an assessment, uh, test developers are also aware of that kind of thing. So you've got to be careful. Right. When I am asked the question and when you are asked the question or in whatever other groups are asked those same questions, that we all interpret and understand the question in the same manner. And, and that's where we get into reliability of the question? That's correct. Okay. Taking that same concept, where does the validity come in? The validity comes in by testing and retesting to make sure that it's accurate and reliable and valid? Let me repeat very briefly something we talked about last time, and that is, that reliability and validity are the two characteristics that most people are, uh, at least on the, they know the words, maybe not the absolute application. Right. And reliability always follows the instrument. Mm -hmm. If a question is reliable, that is, if people read the same way and respond to the question the same way, then that means if they answer the question differently, it's because they see things differently, not because they interpreted the question differently. So the questions in an assessment, the reliability of an assessment, 
or of anything uh, must follow it all the way through wherever it's applied. However, validity is, is it a valid application? Is it doing what we want done? And so that's very, very important. And there are all kinds of, of validity. Right, right. One of the difficulties with clients screening their own questions is they end up with a, a question that is either not reliable because uh, it's too broad or because it, uh, it doesn't have face validity. It, it, on the surface of it, it seems a little strange and it makes the, uh, the testee or the individual being interviewed uh, uh, question what's going on. Right. So those have to be careful. On a 180 test or a 360 test, that is an assessment where you have individuals talking about their experience or observations of the, the person who's being assessed. Uh, like four or five people who work for a, a supervisor all commenting on the supervisor. Mm -hmm. and those typically, the questions come from all directions, so it's typically called a 360 exam. Right. And those, I've seen some terrible 360 questions that people create. They ask a question like, is he a good person or is he, does he communicate well? How do people interpret that? Everybody has their own perspective. So you need to be very, very specific so that the questions are all responded to consistently. Right. So that's where I've seen the biggest problems with people creating their own questions. Uh, by the way, I do have clients when I'm developing assessments who have certain questions they want to ask, and they need to be reviewed. They need to be tested for reliability or vetted, if you will, and right. make sure that reliability is in place so you don't lose the effectiveness of the whole problem, the whole project. There's a hybrid out there, and I, I call it a hybrid assessment. The, it's a, the in-between, the standardized, off-the-shelf version where questions are fixed and the completely customized project that we're going to talk about today. There's this hybrid in the middle, and it's where there's just this, an, an enormous bank, if you will, of questions that an organization could go in and select questions, and basically it's a drag and drop. They drag and drop these questions into, I guess, an, an assessment created out of these standardized questions, but it gives that company, I would imagine, that feel of customization. But it's still basically, are we still talking off the shelf even with that process? Well, those are generally, if they're mixed in all together, it can create some issues as far as the effectiveness of the, uh, of the assessment. But let's get back to the purpose for a minute. You know, are they trying to get information about the individual? Like, where have you worked before? Or what kinds of jobs have you done? Or that kind of thing. Obviously, that's a different ballgame than if you're trying to assess the characteristics of the individual to right. compare against other individuals. Right. Uh, you have to worry about or, or make sure that not only are you reliable, but you've got to be normed on the target population so that the results can be compared. Yeah. Uh, and that's a whole other discussion. Yeah. But the idea is that when you start mixing them, if you mix them by sections, it's probably a, a safer uh, situation because you say this section, we're looking at uh, a characteristic such as assertiveness or uh, whatever it might be. Right, right. So, and then over here is more of a free form kind of situation. And if you do that, then you maintain the uh, effectiveness and the reliability and so forth uh, against the normal population uh, with the formal part. With the informal part, you gather information for consideration. You know, you've got to be careful uh, nowadays. You can't stray too far with the questions you're asking. Exactly. And I, and I think that's a good warning. And a topic you mentioned just recently was purpose. And I think that a lot of times organizations may lose sight of purpose of what are we really trying to achieve and do with the assessment process, whether it's from interviewing or uh, behavioral or uh, whatever the, you know, fit component that they're looking for. Uh, the purpose sometimes gets lost in the whole process. And 
And I, and I think that's a very good, very good point you made and great advice to any organization who are looking to employ or deploy assessments into their process is what, what's the purpose? What are we trying to get to and what's the result we're looking for? And then look at the application or need to that. So that's a great point, Doc. Yeah, yeah, and you gotta get back to the basic stuff. What will be different? In other words, when we get these results from this assessment, what information will we have that'll facilitate our being effective in doing whatever we want to accomplish? Right. Uh, over 20 years with a great company, uh, Profiles International, we created assessments. They're a great company, a great organization. Those assessments work well, they're, they're reliable, they are normed appropriately, they fit well, they demonstrate all kinds of validity and so forth. And so using the established product is very, very effective. Sure, I would, sure. I've developed assessments for custom applications because they were very, very specialized areas. Well, and let's talk about that for a moment. You know, I know you're working with a lot of different organizations. I want you to elaborate a little bit on what type of companies you're working with and also to take us through some basic steps. So if I'm an organization and I'm thinking, hey, you know, I'm not really finding the need, uh, the assessment that fits the unique need or application or to fit the purpose of what I'm trying to do, right? And I want to go down that road of customization and building something in-house. Take us through the steps. What can an organization what are the steps required to go down that path? All right, let me, uh, I'll do the, uh, the Cliff Notes version. Uh, when we go together to uh, make a decision here in the organization about creating a customer assessment, there's several pages that we go th through with. These are the details we've got to find out about and ask about with the client what they want. Uh, so that's a pretty lengthy process, but, you know, the summary is pretty straightforward. Sure. Uh, you mentioned what kinds of things I've, I've been doing. I've been uh, consulting with former competitors, for one thing, with other large organizations right. uh, about their process for uh, uh, assessment development and uh, the professional aspect of, of developing assessments, also the application. But we're also doing a lot of uh, executive coaching, one-on-one uh, -on -one kind of coaching and counseling with senior-level executives with organizations. But developing the custom assessments, we've got to stop and say, okay, what do you want to accomplish? What's the purpose? Right. Now, this crops up a lot in this discussion. If you have a purpose and you can't accomplish, uh, accomplish that purpose using uh, off-the-shelf kinds of things or what you already have, then you have to consider a custom approach. But you have to be very, very clear what will be different, what information will we have that we need that we don't have now. Right. And so then you start looking at what could happen. And then how's it going to be presented to the testee? Sometimes people will do still a paper and pencil type assessment. They'll score it in-house to get some questions answered mm -hmm. and incorporate that into developing a group or working with a group or perhaps even making hiring decisions. Of course, more typically, it's it's presented on a computer. Mm -hmm. Very, very frequently nowadays online, it's got to be able to fit on a handheld, uh, even a, a telephone type thing. Uh, so a lot of things to consider there. But once you get that laid out, then you talk about how are we going to deliver the results? What are the algorithms needed to make these kinds of decisions to answer these questions? And we've got to establish the reliability of the, the questions we're going to use. But something that people often overlook is if you're going to compare two individuals, right? you almost always have to have a norm group or a standardized scale of some sort to refer against. Mm -hmm. And so you've got the target population. You've got to find out what is a good score, if you will. What is a bad score? What is typical? If this, this person scores a 38 raw score on this particular item or this particular uh, scale, what does it mean? Mm -hmm. Well, you've got to have a basis of comparison 
you've got to have a standard to compare against. So the normative process uh, can be fairly time-consuming and expensive because you've got to find the representative population, a good sample. You've got to assess them with a the product. Right. And so that can add uh, quite a bit of time because ultimately the client that we're working with has access to the target population and we don't. So we've got to work through them. Sure. And then we, we do the results. Tell us a little bit about what does an organization look like that you generally engage with that do this type of customized assessment work? Okay, I'll do a couple of very quick ones. One, right now I'm doing consulting with the development staff and a, uh, the technical staff and an organization that's actually in the uh, assessment consulting business mm-hmm. with uh, at Worldwide. Okay. And what we're talking about is how to to be most effective in developing a product to do specific kinds of things for them, where they have they're trying to uh, wanting to assess an area they haven't assessed before, and they want uh, to hear the experience that, that we've had in our organization to help them to guide them. So it's just a technical coaching thing. We're working with psychologists and the the executives who manage the development of product. Others uh, just finished developing a, a small assessment. It takes about half an hour. And they're after very particular information about building a group. But it's a group of people who are particular types of people, particular types of education. Mm-hmm. And they to fit to using their language and the kinds of things that they promote. And this is a this organization actually uses it in-house, their people. It's a the size is kind of tough. I think they have about fifteen hundred employees. Okay. Okay. But also of course I I work in the coach and assist and development of assessments to be sold to, to other people. Right. I mean, that's just part of the assessment business is about. Sure. Now, when we talk about timeframes and, you know, start to finish, if, an, if a company's looking say, okay, I want to go down the road, I want to look at building a in-house customized assessment. And, and, a, and I know it's, you know, going to talk about the scope and depth, but what type of time frame are we talking, you know, weeks, months, year, what type of time frame do you usually see a project like that taking? As you say, it depends on what's going on with it, but you're talking about anywhere from 90 days to a year, probably, depending on how broad the application is and about what it's going to take to be able to uh, identify the norm group and assess several hundreds of people to make sure that you have a representative sample and make sure that the questions are reliable and and all that kind of stuff. So a full-blown assessment that's going to be used with the public, or particularly if it's going to be sold to the public, could easily take uh, a year or more to develop. Okay, so, and then... You talked about it earlier, whether it be pencil and paper or online delivery methods. Are there are there, are there organizations or services out there that specialize in where, where a company can say, okay, we've just built, you know, with someone like yourself's help, right? We, we've, we've hired a Doc Hamilton. Uh, we've built this great customized assessment, and we're looking to automate it or we're looking to get it deployed into the candidate through a mechanism of online, certainly an organization is not looking to have to build that type of technology, but there are services out there that could take an assessment and deploy it for a company. Absolutely. But um, some of our clients, we have the ability to uh, send you an email or send your prospect or the individual who want to assess an email. They click on a link, they complete the assessment and the report is generated. We generate the report right. on the, on the cloud mm-hmm. and to the appropriate people, which is the traditional method of, of assessing online and being uh, efficient in delivery. It's uh, most assessment companies will do this. And, and that's a, that's a very effective way to do it. Yeah. But also we do all the uh, development work 
and all the technical work, but other people use their own programmers. Uh, okay. So the algorithm stage, we hand it off to their programmers, and then we're we're paid to monitor them and do the quality control and so forth to make sure that the uh, assessments are working correctly. Right. In this case, that uh, we can't control the speed of that. We can do the development stuff, and then we rest for a minute. Yeah. And, and then we look at the QC and make sure that it's functioning well. And then we rest a minute, and then we get back when they get enough data in. We look at the data to check the reliability and so forth. And and so, you know, we support their move, and they control the speed of it. And that's an ongoing relationship typically with a client when you deploy a customized assessment with an organization. It's not – I'm sure you don't just, okay, here it is, turn it over. And as you just mentioned, you're going back and looking at the data to confirm the validity and reliability ongoing with that organization. So an integrated test developer is doing that because you use the best information you have at the available when you do the assessment, when you look at reliability and validity, you look, make sure it's scoring correctly, all this kind of stuff. You There are always some bumps in the road and you get phone calls, you make those adjustments, but you've got to revisit every year or so. Right. Because as the population grows, you've got to check, the, if nothing else, just make sure that the norming is still uh, online. And that has changed in my world from the, for 20 years, people would call me, you call me sometimes when uh, using some of the products that we developed right. uh, with questions clients had. And that always is an issue and you've got to always be uh, available to do that kind of uh, consulting. Sure, sure. And getting into this part, what would a project like this cost? Well, as far as this consulting, the assessment business, that's done with hourly rate with professionals to go in and get the information and have a discussion with the decision makers about whether or not that's the best way to go. Right. And often, you know, you there's some great assessment organizations out there with great assessments. You know, I work with one of the best, very best in the in the whole industry for uh, many, many years. And so very often it's uh, the consult leads to, you know, talk to these people. Right. This, this will get the job done for you. You just have been unaware of it. Other times, what will happen is you may spend, 50 grand to develop things and to have the technical development of the, of the items and, and the scales that are necessary and all that kind of analysis and the technical support, but someone else is doing the, the hosting and the programming and so forth. Right. Uh, one programmer and I started developing uh, major products for profiles back in the uh, oh, late nineties. Uh, there weren't companies out there that would host it. So we had to spend millions and millions of dollars to develop everything from scratch. Right. Yeah. Work well. It was wonderful. Absolutely. But nowadays, there are a lot of organizations who will, you hand them the the algorithms and the items and they'll program it for you. You pay X amount of money or you have it programmed with your stuff and they will just host it. Sure. And some of them want money up front and to set it up and then a piece of the action on the back end, you know, a, a deal. And there are all kinds of combinations. There are a lot of organizations who will do that. In fact, we, we do that here at Hamilton Associates. But right. It, it ranges widely. What kind of jobs uh, have we done? We've we've had jobs that were, uh, oh well, uh, well over a hundred thousand okay. uh, dollars. And jobs that are also uh, for assessment development and support, maybe twenty grand. Right. Uh, consulting is be done by the job or on hourly rate, professional rate. So, um, so it could just range based on the scope and depth. But I mean, we're not talking. You know, if an organization is looking at just a number that just makes it, it's got to be feasible. So it has to be within a realm of, of feasibility. So when we're talking assessment development, anywhere from you know uh, entry level of those in the twenty, thirty thousand, all the way up to fifty, sixty, seventy, a hundred thousand. To me, that's workable numbers when you're looking to develop a customized assessment that you own the rights to, your organization owns the rights. When I say your organization, the client 
owns that content, right? Is that typically what happens? Yeah, typically. And then what happens also, though, is that, you know, you have hosting and ongoing hosting. You have to have a monthly fee to be available to uh, deal with situations and so forth from the hosting organization. Right, right. Uh, you know, the, the money, the, the, if you have serious questions about it and you think it's something you want to do, what you need to do is, is spend a small amount of money for a professional consultant to, to uh, you know, sign the confidentiality agreement and dig in. And for a few thousand dollars, you can find out whether or not that's the way you want to go. Basically a feasibility conversation to whether or not this is, and that's something that your, your organization does as well. I'm sure. Oh, sure. And we do it, whether we're doing the programming or sometimes they turn somewhere else, to the program, which is fine uh, or for the best development. Okay. You mentioned earlier that we do the assessment development, but also assessment application. A lot of companies need consulting on how they might best apply the results they're getting from their assessments to make sure they're being fair and to make sure they're being as effective as they can be. So that's another kind of consulting that is done in the assessment industry. You know, and, and that's good. See, I'll have organizations often need those types of services where, you know, they, even when they're purchasing a, a standardized product or a, uh, I want to say off the shelf product, the application side of it. And, and what I'm talking about that is they start getting these results in. And when I'm talking beyond the actual result of just the assessment, but the data analysis of all this data coming in, and what is that data really telling the organization as, as they're looking at the trends of that information? And that's the kind of analyzation that you, your team will take a look at and then help that organization look at some positive outcomes from that data. That's correct. Yeah, that, that uh, that's huge. And that, you know what I call that? I call that the assessment performance review. Is that product doing what yeah. the purpose was to do, right? Going back, oh, yeah. back to the purpose, you know? Well, exactly. And, you know, are you plowing up the right, are you climbing up the right tree, I guess? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and plus you're dealing with organizations who, um, you know, they know what they want and they really need some guidance as to what the best approach might be. And it may not be an assessment for that matter. Right. I do know that from working with, um, you and, and and you guys and for the last 20 years and even now uh, uh, all over the world and work with sales guys and they all want the same thing they want something that takes 10 minutes to complete is always right and doesn't cost much <laughs> that's right huh and then look when you, when we make when we build that magic bullet we'll uh <laughs> i still haven't found it man, yeah. all these- so let, let's just uh switch gears a moment before we close out today and i want to talk a little bit about one of the parts that you are doing a lot of work in and that's that executive coaching Yes, and uh, and we'll come back and talk about that topic with you in greater detail on on, on your next visit to the show. But to touch on that and kind of leave uh, a little, uh, I guess you say, a hook out out there for everyone to hear about. Tell us a little bit about your executive coaching part of the of your practice, of your organization's practice. How are you doing that via Skype, phone support, face to face? Talk talk to us a little bit about the executive coaching side of what you're doing there. Typically on the on the phone or, or Skype. Skype is very effective, actually. Uh, I've been very pleased with it. Uh, we had a bump a minute ago and had to start over, but that doesn't happen very often. Right. Like, you get some strange sounds like the the science fiction movies from the late fifties, but you know that's <laughs> part of the deal. Here I am. I'm a, a mid level executive, and I'm looking to engage you in uh, executive coaching. Um, I've gotten results back. So you would, you would recommend going through a 360 process and then you taking that information and then helping to coach in areas that I may be able to improve in. Right. 
Is that the not, not necessarily. And, you know, my background is a clinician. I've spent with many thousands of, of clients and patients uh, talking. So I'm going to be interested initially in what about relationship issues. Uh, because very often when you're talking to uh, executives, even very senior executives, uh, they're just having some difficulty figuring out why the people they're working with are not doing what they really want them to do. You know, they're behaving differently or are they having difficulty with a relationship with someone who's very productive? Right. But they, it just doesn't fit well. So sometimes it's, it's exploring that, really. And uh, that has to do with techniques and methods and what's going on. So I, I start with what's going on with the individual when I'm doing executive coaching. I like that. That's a good approach. But uh, also in my background uh, in, in business, to, you know, as a comptroller with a corporation and so forth, we can we can also talk about the business stuff as well. But uh, almost always I want to know something about the individual, what's going on with the other individuals they're working with. Right. Right. Well, uh, there you have it, folks. We've uh, had Dr. Scott Hamilton, uh, one of our regular guests and panelists on uh, HR Higher Up, the podcast devoted to everything human resources. And uh, Doc, give, why don't you give us some information on uh, how uh, folks can reach you? John, the, uh, you know, the email address is probably the best way to go. And uh, the email address is scott at pshamiltonassociates.com. That's Scott, S-C-O-T-T, at pshamiltonassociates.com. All right. And uh, for those of you, we will have that address uh, posted on our website at www.hrhigherup.com. Thanks so much, Dr. Hamilton. We enjoyed having you. Thank you, John, as always. It's a pleasure. All right. Have a great day. And again, thank you for tuning in to Higher Up, the podcast devoted to everything human resources. Show notes, updates, and more on how to break the code to unlocking occupational DNA. Join the community at hrhigherup.com. And take your business to a higher level. This has been an exclusive production of SharperTalkMedia.com. Join the community.